Hello and welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast, the show that empowers you to wake up to your full potential and achieve your biggest goals and dreams. I am your host, Hal Elrod, and I invite you to join us each week as we share actionable strategies to take your life to the next level, as well as interview world-class experts and entrepreneurs who have achieved extraordinary goals themselves, and we ask them to give you a peek behind the curtain and teach you exactly what you need to do to do the same. Ready? Here we go. Hey, everybody. This is Hal Elrod. And before we dive into today's episode of the podcast, I wanted to take just a minute, maybe a minute and a half, to uh, let you know about my latest book and the newest book in the Miracle Morning book series. It's The Miracle Morning for Teachers. Elevate your impact for yourself and your students. And if you're a teacher or an administrator, or you know a teacher or administrator, The Miracle Morning for Teachers is the perfect book to both elevate the life of every teacher while simultaneously elevating the impact that they make for their students. And it really goes back, gosh, seven plus years ago, when I first wrote The Miracle Morning, the original book, I had this vision where, what if it was practiced every day in classrooms around the world? What if students started their day with meditation, affirmations, visualization, exercise, reading, and journaling? And that vision became a reality in February 2019, when my co-author and co-creator of the Miracle Morning book series, Honoré Quarter, led a group of dozens of teachers around the world to implement the six daily practices of the Miracle Morning, known as the Savers, into their classrooms for 30 days and beyond. And the results, both for the teachers and the students, were absolutely remarkable. We heard things like some of my most troubled students are now focused and calm and they thank me every day that we're doing the Miracle Morning together. And those stories, those results, that feedback helped to shape the book that we are now on a mission to get in the hands of every teacher in the world, right? That's the the ultimate goal. So you can grab a copy of the Miracle Morning for Teachers on Amazon, you know, for yourself or your favorite teacher. You get the audiobook on Audible, And either way, this book really is the next step in the Miracle Morning mission, which is to elevate the consciousness of humanity one morning, one teacher, and one student at a time. And I am so grateful for your support. Thank you so much. Goal Achievers, my guest today has meditated with Tibetan monks in the Dalai Lama's monastery. He has served in the U.S. Army Infantry. He walked 550 miles across Spain, and he self-published a best-selling self-help book that has impacted hundreds of thousands of people around the world. It happens to be one of my favorite, all-time favorite books, Love Yourself Like Your Life Depends On It. I'm talking about Kamal Ravikant, and he almost didn't publish that book. I'll talk to you about why that is when we talk today. Uh, But for some people, this book has saved their lives, and I'm actually one of those people. I read Love Yourself Like Like Your Life Depends On It when I was first diagnosed with cancer, and it transformed me. It is my great, great pleasure and honor. I've been looking to this one, forward to this one for weeks to talk with Kamal Ravikant and for you to get to listen to our conversation. So here we go without further ado. All right, goal achievers, welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast. And this is your friend and your host, Hal Elrod. I mentioned to you a few months back, I was talking about possibly changing the name of the podcast and uh, from Achieve Your Goals to something that just resonates with who I am and kind of what I'm up to now. And this podcast started as Achieve Your Goals 
2012, I think, is when we launched. And uh, but th- what I've been leaning toward is this this uh, podcast, uh, calling it "What Matters Most." And what's interesting is I, I I never pulled the trigger. We didn't change the name of the podcast, so it's still the Achieve Your Goals podcast. But um, but this is really where my heart is is really uh, bringing you conversations and ideas and and strategies and things around what matters most and really discovering what that means for you. And the reason I share that is because when I was thinking I would be renaming the podcast What Matters Most going into the new year, uh, the first conversation that I was planning on having with the new name was with my guest today because I truly believe that what we're about to talk about and what his you know, his life has kind of really become his area of expertise, if you will, I believe is one of, if not the fundamental answer to the question, what matters most? And, uh, and in one word, that is love. That is love. So Kamal, my friend, you there? What a great intro, man. Thanks for it. I'm, I'm happy to be here. And by the way, I love that name, What Matters Most. That's brilliant. Well, what's in what stopped me is there's two other podcasts named What Matters Most. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> and so my producer's like, it, 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 it's yeah. probably going to create confusion, yada, yada. I'm like, well, mine has a question mark at the end, though, because I'm not telling <laughs> you I know what matters most. I'm, it's, I'm, I'm offering the question. He goes, yeah. You know? So yeah, so that's where, uh, that's why I just, I never pulled the trigger. But, uh, Good call. But, Good yeah. call. Yeah, 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 man. So here's where I'd love to start. I would love to start by recapping uh, for for everybody listening how you and I met because I I just I've told the story a ton of times. I just thought it was a really special moment. So you up for my my vague recap here? Yeah, go for it. I'm interested. Yeah, and and, and by the way, my memory's not necessarily my strong suit. So I'll let you. I'll give you space at the end to be like, no, 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 how. This is what actually happened, and this this is what you said or I said. So, no, so yeah, so I uh, I was on a tour for the Miracle Equation for you know for my new book at the time, early last year, and uh, I walked in my last leg, last interview on the tour was with our mutual friend James Altucher, and uh, for the James Altucher show, and I uh, went to New York City, walked into his studio, and uh, James was not there, but there was a gentleman with uh, with silvery gray hair. And, uh, and, and that was you, Kamal, right? And I thought, I thought you were James audio engineer, right? I see all this audio equipment, <laughs> that's and you right, that's stand right. Up, right? And you said something, I'm paraphrasing, but it was something along the lines of, uh, how, you know, your book, the miracle morning changed my life. It's one of my favorite books. It's one that I've gifted to other people, you know, the most. And, and again, I, I thought you were James's audio engineer and I, uh, I was, I, you know, I, I was touched. I said, thank you so much. I'm so grateful, you know, that it had the impact. And, uh, and then you, you, you said something along the lines of like, it influenced one of your latest books. And I go, Oh, I said, you're, you're an author as well. And you said, yeah, yeah. And, uh, I said, what are you best known for? He said, oh, well, um, love yourself like your life depends on it. And I just got the chills, you know, we're standing in the studio and I don't know if I spoke first, Kamal, maybe you remember, or I collapsed on you with a hug. <laughs> I think you were a hugger then. I think I just collapsed with a hug. And I think I, it was like we were cheek to cheek. And I think I said this like close in your ear. And I'm like, dude, your book changed my life. Right. And I thought it was just such a cool moment that, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't even know who, who you were at that time. I hadn't seen your, your face. I had just read your book, love yourself like your life depends on it. And, uh, I, I, you know, I just, I hugged you and it was, yeah. And if you weren't the love yourself, like your life depends on it guy, you might've been like, dude, whoa, whoa, whoa. We don't, we don't, you know, you're, you're moving a little fast, Hal. Right. But, uh, 
No, it was absolutely beautiful, man. It was absolutely beautiful. Yeah, I actually came in that day because I, I found out from James's producer that you were going to be on. I was like, I want to meet, I want to listen. I want to meet the guy in person because look, your book, uh, The Miracle Morning, I remember when I read it. So I've spent a long time training myself as a writer. And one thing you can't teach people, and it takes a long time as a writer, is to learn how to do voice, how to get sincerity across. Yeah. And that's, um, you know, most books don't have that, honestly. And your book was nothing but sincerity. It was like this guy shouting from the rooftops, you know, which is kind of like what I did with Love Yourself. Sure. So yeah. I, was, I recognized it and it was special, right? Just pure sincerity, just sharing your thing, man, and not holding back. And uh, I remember I was in awe when I read it. And it was, it, it is a transformative book. It's a simple, transformative book. And, you know, the, could, there's no surprise about its success. And so, like, when I found out that you were going to be there, I was like, oh, I got to come and listen to this guy. I want to see what he's like in person. And you were even better. Oh, uh, awesome. Well, th- thank you, man. And uh, yeah, but it, yeah, that moment for me was, uh, it was, it was just a special moment. It was, it was like my, it was funny just because I, I really collapsed on you with a hug. Like, my body just reacted. My soul was like, you're Kamal, Ravaka, what? You know, and uh, yeah, man, I'll never forget that moment. So, um, well, yeah, I want to talk so about the new version of the book, right? The new book, the updated yeah. version of Love Yourself Like Your Life Depends on It. And when I bring folks on, uh, typically, I you know, we'll mention that they have a book at the end or something along those lines. But this is one of the fundamental books that has impacted my life. And so I have no problem, you know, unabashedly saying, this is one of the best books you could ever read. Uh, you got to go get it. I was showing you via video, right? Like yeah. it, I've underlined... This book, uh, and, and this is I'm you know this is I've already I've read your original. So in fact, let's clear that up real quick. So, love yourself like your life depends on it. The original version you self-published when in 2012 in summer of 2012. Okay, so yeah, so I I published like eight thousand words or seven thousand words. That's it. That was seven thousand words. That's it, man. Well, and for anybody listening that doesn't gauge like Miracle Morning, which is a sh- relatively short book, is forty two thousand words. So 7,000 words. And, that's, and I've told, I probably recommended your book as similar to what you have, but more than any other book. And I always tell people, you know, this is like, you can read the whole thing in an hour and it'll radically change your paradigm around how you view yourself and how you view your life. So 2012, it originally published 7,000 words. And then it just published, I think yesterday, right? The new mm-hmm. version. Mm-hmm. And then how would you describe the new version? First of all, how many words is it? And then, and then how would this you is, describe this it? This is about 36,000 words. Okay. So still so about four, yeah, four times as big. You know, like I, I, I'm obsessive about the written word. So I go through and remove every, every unnecessary word. I can, and this one, the difference is why I put out a second version because the first version did so well and continue to do well. It was because I did something that I, I don't think a lot of authors did at the time. I put my email address at the back of the book. Yeah. You know, I wasn't expecting to sell many copies of that original yeah. book, right? <laughs> so I was expecting emails. Dude, the amount of emails I've gotten in seven years, like, I don't know, thousands or tens of thousands, plus like, you know, tweets and messages and all this. And so I got to see the impact this book had on people's lives. You know, it's literally saved lives. Like, I've met people in person because I was like, I, I need to confirm this. Email me. Like you yeah, had a gun in my lap, and somehow, like I was reading your book because I was on Amazon. I was like last chance, or like googling something, and came across your book, read it, and I put the gun away. Mm. You know, yeah. and th- I've met a few people with different variations of this story. So the book worked, but here's the thing: I also got a lot of questions, a lot of questions. I realized, look, I gave the basics, I gave the primer, 
Yeah. But I didn't go deep. And if you want to create true lasting change, right? The book shifted people, but if I want to create lasting change, I got to go deep and I got to give everything. I held back in the first version. You know, I was scared. Yeah. And this one, I realized, okay, I'm going to put out the final version of this book, like the soup to nuts, and I'm not going to hold back. And, um, you know, so it's really thanks to all the readers over seven years who emailed me and the questions they asked. I set out to resolve those questions, and that resulted in this uh, new version. Well, and I think I felt that in terms of the original book, like I said, it was short, it was sweet, it was to the point, it was a paradigm shift about how crucial it is for us to love ourselves. Uh, something that, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think it's talked about very much, right? And love another, sure. Look for the love of your life, sure. Well, why wouldn't you be the love of your life, right? First, the first, you know, and, and then and then you can have a secondary love of your life. But but anyway, the, the first book really was a paradigm shift for me. And then to your point, the second book, it, going deeper. Like I've got you know the four practices uh, or the practice that involves four components. I did them all this morning. I've been doing them every day, and I've been going through a really tough time. I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago on my podcast that I've been going through depression, anxiety, all these things that I think are side effects from three years of chemotherapy because I just yeah, kind of yeah. out of nowhere. But, uh, but this has been like, this is, you know, right around Christmas, I opened up, got the new book in the mail, opened it up. You gave me an advanced copy. Thank you so much. And, uh, and I've been practicing it for the last few weeks and it's been maybe more transformative than the first time. Yeah. Why, you. why you mentioned something. You're welcome. Thank for, you. For putting it in practice, man. That means a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you mentioned something a second ago and you talked about this in your book, why you were afraid to put it out. You all, you almost, Initially, we're afraid to write the book and share the message. Why was that? Well, initially, the initial book was came out of experience when um, a company I was building in Silicon Valley that I self-funded for years uh, blew up, and I lost all my money, and I was I kind of blew up with it, and I was severely depressed, and I was like, all the money I'd saved over years, I'd done well, you know, was gone, and I was living off credit cards, and my ego was gone, and I felt like a laughing stock, and I made a vow to love myself one night when I couldn't take it anymore, then set out to do it, and it changed my life. So I wrote this little book to share that, but at that time, no one was talking about that, at least in Silicon Valley. And I, I really thought I was going to be a laughing stock, you know? Yeah. And like, I was like, okay, I'll have to go find another career, but I had to share the truth because it was so important. It was so transformative. You know, it's like so your book, it, the energy that came across, I was like, this guy is telling his truth. You know, it's like, it's like the newly converted, you know, but especially when you figure out yourself, there's no greater zealot. When you figure out from within you, because <laughs> you see, you know where you've been and where this got you. Yeah, so I was scared I was destroying my career in Silicon, career in Silicon Valley, which is why I think I didn't really go deep. I gave enough of a primer. And honestly, I didn't expect the success it had. I expected to sell no copies. I was going to buy and give copies to friends. And it took off. It became a phenomenon, yeah. you know, and changed my life, which is the power of sharing your truth, man. It, it gives you way more than you ever gave it. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, you're absolutely right. Well, and how many copies has it sold, by the way? Uh, the original, the self-published? Yeah, hundreds of thousands, right? I'd say somewhere between 400,000 and a half million. Wow. That's incredible. That's incredible. And uh, yeah, I hope that this, the new version, you know, many times over reaches that many more people and I, I want to help in any way that I can. Thank you. Yeah. You know, I, and I want to share this with you and for our listeners, I think it's important because you mentioned something a few a minute ago. 
that uh, the book literally saved people's lives. And uh, I, I could say that I fall into that category. After I was diagnosed with cancer, I, I wrote the following affirmation to myself. And I'm, I'm big on affirmations, right? Just really focusing our energy and attention on where we want it to be to expand that. And so this is what I wrote to myself. I literally I copied and pasted this for our interview so I could, uh, I could share it. Uh-huh. I wrote down one significant area of improvement for the quality of my life, including healing myself of cancer, is self-love. And a big part of that is simply affirming and feeling that I love myself and deserve all of the great things in my life, especially for my body to heal itself so that I can live a long, healthy life with my family. So I must study and most importantly, practice self-love daily by thinking and speaking loving messages to myself. Wow. That came out of a meditation. And then, and I believe... I had already read Love Yourself Like Your Life Depends on It a few years prior, but I hadn't really... It had shifted the paradigm, but I hadn't really implemented it yet. And I pulled the book off the shelf, reread the whole thing, which, you know, 7,000 words didn't take too long, <laughs> um, and, but committed to the, the practices in the original book. And I started, you know, talking to myself in the mirror. I love myself. I love myself, right? It felt weird, as you talked about, is when you, you know, when any of us do it, it's odd, yeah. it's weird. And I felt insecure. Like I was thinking to myself, it's so funny that we do this, right? I'm thinking to myself, God, what would people think if they saw me doing this? They'd think I was so weird, right? Like as if someone's in my bathroom, you know what I mean? Like spying on me or something. But here's the deal. Uh, you know, I followed your instruction, which is, hey, this is going to feel weird. It's going to be out of your comfort zone. And every day I just did the practice and it felt less weird and less weird and more normal and more normal. And soon it felt, as you talk a lot about in the book, like magic. It felt amazing, right? And I felt happy. I began to focus on healing my body with love. And you know, obviously, I don't have any graph to show that my degree of self-love contributed to my healing in this, in this capacity. But I believe in my heart that it did. And Dr. actually, Dr. Bernie Siegel, he says that unconditional love is the strongest force for the immune system, something, something like that, for healing, that all patients he sees that heal themselves, they, they do so with an element of really strong love for themselves and that they're going to survive, they're going to beat this, there's no other option. And so that's how your book impacted me during the most difficult time in my life. And, and now I'm you know, I'm suffering a new difficult time in my life with this anxiety and depression from, I think, chemo. And, and once again, your book is, is, is saving me. So I cannot thank you enough. Dude, I'm simply blown away. Thank you. Call me anytime, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> that I actually have the author's help. Author, yeah. You know, the thing is, we're all human. We all go through stuff. You know, for some, one person could be cancer. One person could be something else. We were talking earlier, three months ago, I was basically dead on an operating table, right? Yeah, talk about that. What, what, I, I, didn't, I had no idea until you just filled me in a few minutes ago. Yeah, I went in for elective surgery just for all athletic injury. And then the next morning, as I was being discharged, the, one of the arteries I worked on burst because of the suturing they'd done. And I basically bled to death and they had to rush me to emergency OR and save my life. And, you know, we all go through stuff. One doesn't have to go through that kind of traumatic stuff. It can just be sure. like, you know, it can just be anything, right? We're human. Yeah. And I think that's why books like ours, like yours and mine, are so powerful and so transformative because we're sharing our human story, but also how we overcame and not overcame by doing something external because the external can differ for a lot of people, but the internal is still the same. And mm -hmm. we share both our internal. And ultimately, your book is an internal, is internal work. You sure. know, 
And same thing here. This is internal work and it's coming from my experience. And so, yeah, I've been having to do the same, you know, I've been having to like go do the practice, you know, when you're, and God, let me tell you the level of pain I was in, you know, for, and I still have, you know, I'm getting better. I'm getting much better, but the level of pain, I didn't know you could feel that kind of pain. And let me tell you, it's hard to do any practice when you're in severe physical pain, you know, and I've had to go deep into it and do it. And it's helping me, you know, like, it's funny, I finally got the hardcovers and man, whoever gets this copy uh, book, you know, if you can get the hardcover, it's such beautiful, the work that Harper One has done. It's, it's, a, it's a work of art. Wow. I pick it up and I open it and it helps me. And these are my words. You know, it's a human thing, man. You know, we all go through stuff and we all have these troughs and highs and valleys and the best we can do through all of this is continue to work in, in ourselves, and we will get better. Yeah. 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 I love that. And you're so right that, you know, it's just, it's part of being human, right? The the internal stuff, we all share fears and we all share doubts and we all share insecurities, right? Our own maybe unique blend of, of all of the above and then some. And I love, I love that in the book too, how multiple times, right? Like you developed this practice, it saved you, it changed your life. Then you started coasting as you talk a lot about in the book, right? Which we tend to do. When uh, things are going well, it's like we 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 forget what got us to the dance, and, uh, yeah. and I love that you forgot, and then you did it again, and it saved you again, and then you coasted again, and the right like because um, I relate to the miracle morning, I'm, you know, I, like that's one of the things I, I think I've realized is I had gotten away from that because I was not sleeping and all these things, and then I'm like, oh, that's why I'm not on point. I'm not doing the thing that you know that that got me here, right? Yeah, that's a very human thing too, right? Once we get better, we, we do start to coast. And I also wanted to show in the book, like, look, the, because I got to see what my readers struggle with, you know, and they beat themselves up for like coasting. And I got to show like, look, I'm the guy who came up with this and look how badly I screw it up. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but let me also show you how it works for me each and every time. You know? you know, something you did in this book that I don't think was in the original version is the talk about forgiveness. And it was that in the original? Correct. Correct. Mm-hmm. Right. So you lead people uh, in the book. You lead people through a process of forgiveness, which self forgiveness, self forgiveness. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. Yeah. So not not forgiving others, but forgiving yourself. And, and it, the the process helps you identify what you know what you're holding against yourself that you need to forgive, and it walks you through a process to let all that go. And I didn't know that I was holding anything against myself. If you would have asked, I would have thought, no, I, I don't hold any regrets. I don't hold any resentment toward myself. I've, you know, I, I, I love myself, right? But until I read your book and I took myself through the process, I realized that I was holding a, quite a few things against myself. In fact, I'm still holding and I did the exercise, but I didn't throw it away yet because I feel like I haven't quite let it go. I, I'm still... I'm still doing this, but I, I, I realized I've got major, I've got some major issues. Um, one is, uh, you know, that I, I hold that I've failed my kids by not spending enough time with them. I feel like, you know, it, I feel like it's kind of a bottomless pit of like, I can't spend enough time. So I, I feel like I'm failing as a father because I should be doing better. I'm failing as a husband because I should be doing better, you know, and I, I feel like I, I, I need to forgive myself. I've made a lot of mistakes that I've hurt other people. I'm a burden to people in my life because I've gone through all this trauma and these tragedies and, and, and all these things. And, and it affects other people that I love and care about. And I hate that that's happened, right? So anyway, I went this and I just realized I've got all these major things that I'm holding on to. And while I still, and I'm, I'm big on repetition, so I'm, I'm reading these almost like a daily affirmation, like forgiving myself daily um, rather than a one-time event. That's but, smart. 
That's really smart. But talk about that. So talk about why did you include that in the book and why do you think that's important for people? Well, you know, also one thing this book has the benefit of is that me doing in this practice for seven years, what I came up with, right? Yeah. And evolving it, you know, that's something that I, that I, you know, I, I'm not satisfied with just a bit of status quo. I want to, whatever I'm doing that makes me better. I want it to be, to even like take it to the next level. You know, I think that comes from being a startup guy, right? You're always iterating. So I came up with this self-forgiveness practice once um, along the way, and I realized, oh my God, this is one of the missing keys to this. This is so powerful because before you even start to love yourself, you got to let go of what you're holding against yourself, mm. right? So yeah. I came up with this practice, and yeah, I just come up with this stuff. I just try it on my own and see how it makes me feel, how it shifts my life, and it really worked. And it worked for other people. And it's so simple, man. And it's profound. And then from there, you go on and you make the commitment to love yourself. Now, when you've done it, you're actually freer. You, let, you know, it's easier to love yourself when you're forgiven, when you've done this uh, self-forgiveness, when you let go of what you're carrying. And, you know, sometimes you have to do it multiple times. I love your thing by doing it daily. That's yeah. powerful, man. That's like, oh, look, you, you write about the daily stuff anyway. <laughs> 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 practice what we preach right yeah yeah i think it's brilliant to do it daily you know i'm gonna i'm gonna start doing that like some of this you know i do do sometimes where daily i'll ask myself in the morning you know what kind of man do i want to be today and then i will choose that and then i will check in during the day am i being that man mm. you know just as a you know because otherwise we just drift through life yeah right? and it could be just simple as um, today i'm gonna be a man who fiercely loves himself today i'm gonna be a man who just is in a state of gratitude Today, you know, like I just basic those things. I a lot of my stuff tends to be internal because what I've learned is if you work in the internal, the external just becomes easy. Yeah, it will, and, and yeah, you know, you're right. And, and everything begins and ends with the internal, right? Because we, you know, it, it's it's what do we all want? We just want to feel good, right? That's what we do everything that we do. And and actually, if you go deeper, I actually your book inspired. I recently spoke to, I guess, it was back in August to our uh, my. Uh, mastermind group that I used to lead, the Quantum Leap Mastermind. And it was a business talk. And as I was prepping the business talk, I was, uh, your book, your practice, it just kept coming up for me. And the whole thing was how to build, uh, I made it kind of a joke, was how to build a 14-figure business working. Like, I just made some kind of silly title. <laughs> and uh, and uh, 14 figures, that'd be good. But no, I, but I, I said, you guys, I, I, as I was prepping the talk, I realized that none of the thing, nothing I'm about to say matters if you don't get one thing. And uh, I said, what do we really want? You know, you might think, well, I want to make more money. Well, okay, why? To buy more stuff? or what? But what do you really want? And if you really go, well, I want to find a significant other. Okay, well, well why? What do you really want? And, and when we really get down to it at the core, the answer is love. If somebody goes, well, I, I want to you know, make a big impact in the world. Well, really, I think that that's, I want to make a big impact because then I will feel good about myself and, and that I'm living my values and thus, therefore I will actually love myself, right? I want to find a significant other that, that loves me. Well, why? Well, because if they love me, then that will give me permission to love myself, right? Mm -hmm. So when you really look at everything that we do, everything that we do, roots back to we just want to feel good we want to feel love and what i love about love yourself like your life depends on it is that you you give us the form and i want we're going to get into i want to break down the, the practice here but you give us the formula for for loving ourselves to where it's something that we are in complete control over right we're not in control of any one 
else, right? And you know that seems to be another. We're not in control of the stock market. We're not in control of a lot of the things, um, but we are in control of, and we can give ourselves that gift every day of loving ourselves. So I want to hear you before we get into the how to do it, the practice, um, and breaking. I want to. I'll share with you kind of how I what I've how I've adapted some of your stuff. But why do you believe? And this is kind of where we you know, would be a good first question, but uh, we got here uh, one way or another. Why do you believe, Kamal, that loving yourself, loving ourselves is one of, if not the most important thing that we can do? Well, look, I can talk from my experience. It saved me. And each time I've done it, it saved me. And each time I do it, it makes me better. So why not do it? (laughs) You know? And I think... The, the, I think the thing that uh, gets in the way of a lot of people and got in the way of me, I mean, look, I never thought about having to love myself until I was at bottom and it was a vow that came from a deep place. I don't even know where it came from, but it was real. So I had to, I had to do it. But it just makes us better and we're wired for it. You know, if you've ever been, you know, look at a baby. I mean, they're wired for love. You know, so it's like something's fundamental part of us that we just lose touch with. And the one person we can give the control uh, about about giving love to is ourselves. And it's the one person who's usually craving and is lacking it, ironically, right? And so if you start from there, the funny thing is, you know, because I've had people say, well, you should love others first. I'm like, look, try loving yourself. You love others easier and better. It just becomes a natural expression of you, you know, rather than having to do anything. So I'll just say from my experience, it makes me better in every way. And as you said, there's data out there that shows it makes you physically better, not just internally, mentally, emotionally better. You know, it makes you better all around. Well, and I love that you mentioned that there's data out there because we, uh, our event that we ran last month, we had the founders of HeartMath there. And HeartMath, if you're not familiar, they are, as an organization, they have done the most amount of research related to the heart and that it, uh, the actual scientific proof you know that um that our when we connect with our heart it actually possesses an intelligence within it and so to your point when we love ourselves and i think that it it goes along with what dr bernie siegel said that the most powerful force for the immune system is unconditional love right there is now science that's actually proving that so if you want to be happier if you want to be healthier if you want to be healthier in terms of curing a you know disease i mean this practice literally can save your life, you know, physically, not just, you know, metaphorically speaking. I wanted to mention this at that mastermind when I spoke that morning. I talked about loving yourself. I, I, I shared your part of your practice, like the uh, the mental loop. That there it is, mm-hmm. the mental loop, and then the mirror, the two practices. And uh, and the next morning, uh, Keith Battle, uh, a member of our mastermind back then, uh, by the way, he's the author of A Second Chance, who ironically I am talking to today. But uh, he came downstairs and he said, "Hal." What you talked about yesterday, not the business stuff, the self-love stuff, he said, that was, that was profound and, and it, it, it's, it's already changing my life. And I said, oh, well, thank you. Tell me. Tell me more. And he said, um, last night, you know, after you talked, I realized I've never told myself that I love myself. He goes, I'm 52 years old. I've never even thought mm-hmm. to tell myself I love myself. He goes, so I looked in the mirror and I started telling myself it. He goes, and it felt weird at first. So I just kept doing it and doing it and doing it. And he, you know, I think he stood there for like you know, five, 10, 15 minutes. I don't even know. And he did it again. He said that morning and he just said, you know, I can't believe it took me this long to love myself and tell myself that, you know, and, Man, and it was that's just, powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to pay, you know, pay that, share that with you because. Yeah. That's powerful, man. 
so powerful. I mean, most of us, we don't think that way. And and look, often when we're told in society to love ourselves, it's, it's given us platitudes. Okay, great, love myself. Yeah, how? Like, <laughs> you know, how? Yeah. That was my thing, right? So when I was at bottom and when I made that vow, it was like I had to figure it out for myself. I didn't do, do it to write a book. I did it to save myself and, and uh, to keep a commitment to myself. I tried every crazy thing in my head. And then once I came across things that worked, I just went deeper and eventually had a practice that I was doing every day that didn't, didn't take much time and really just changed my inside, but changed my outside. And I think that's, that's really important. It's not just to tell people, you know, hey, you need to love yourself. Great. Thank you very much. It's like, hey, you need to eat healthy. Great. Thank you very much. But tell them exactly like, look, this is what I've done. I used to be 500 pounds and look at me now. I'm chiseled. This is what I did step yeah. by step. That's the best thing we can do. You know, share our own improvements with others and how we did it, you know, practically. So let's let's get into the practicality. There are you say in the book that that loving yourself is not a one time thing, right? It's like working out, it's a practice. You gotta do it consistently. And so you've broken the practice down into four steps that can be done simultaneously, that can be done throughout the day, that can be right, mixed and matched, so to speak. And uh, talk about that. And I guess the mental loop is where you'd start because you said that was like looking for the simplest way when you made the vow. I'm going to love myself from now on. I don't know how. I don't know what that looks like. Talk about how uh, how these these steps evolved so that people have some practical, implementable. Sure, steps. sure, happy to. And one thing that I would say to is that you know, for everyone who's going to do this, when you're reading the book, I go into the nuances, and the nuances I learned are really important. Yeah, that's what keeps it consistent. So, like, you know, keep an eye for the nuances uh, throughout the book, and you know, the nuances will take you through all the cushions and the stumbling blocks you have. That's all the, all the cushions you got from readers and the stumbling blocks. So we don't have enough time to cover the nuances, but the very sure, basic sure. was that that look at I was trying to do this when I was trying to do it. I was like, what's the simplest thing I can do? I was like, I'm going to start telling myself I love myself. So I just started saying it to myself. I'm like a madman, like a complete freaking madman, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, really, it, you know, I'm in New York City these days and you see people walking, you see, you know, it's so unfortunate to see guys walk, people walking around, obviously mentally unstable, talking to themselves. Well, that was me, that except was I was saying one, one thing. I love myself because it's the only thing I could think of. And you know what? It started to work. But here's what happened. After a little while, I started adding feeling to it. Because we manufacture feelings anyway, start adding feeling and breath and the concept of light coming in as I did it. And I just started making myself feel it as I did it. And that just shifted things. All of a sudden, things just started to shift. It was like, you know, I was creating like these deep neural pathways in my brain that for something that my brain's wired for already. You know, it's like, so, so I think we're, that makes it easier. But the mental loop ultimately is, is repeating that thought and feeling and emotion to yourself in a consistent, regular way. Yeah. You mentioned in the book, I love that you kind of created a um, customizable, you know, you talked about you, you, can, you can shift the words, try it this way, try it that way. Like, you know, it, it doesn't have to be exactly the words you use, which is I love myself. It could be, I love me or I love my life. or, or God. I, I am loved, which is a really good one. I am loved. Just feel, because you feel it, you just feel all of this love coming to you. It's a great one, actually. I'm, I've been doing uh, variations of it lately. So a, f- a few variations that I tried that I found really helpful. Number one was just adding the word unconditionally. I love myself unconditionally. I love myself unconditionally because what that immediately does is it took down that, that part of my brain that goes, well, but the, the but. I love myself, but, but dude, you're, you're making mistakes. You're messed up. You're failing as a, husband and father, you're right, like all the negative 
self-talk that we have. And so that I love myself unconditionally was really powerful. And then when I do the mirror work, I'll often go, I love myself or I'll, I'll, I'll list off things or even the, just the, the mental loop. I'll go, I love my mind. I love my body. I love my heart. I love that I'm open. I love that I'm compassionate. I love that I care about other people, right? And I just just freestyle, right? Just I love, I love, I love, I love, I love. Beautiful, man. Think of these beautiful. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, actually, in the book, you know, I talk about how, like, look, this is the foundation, you know, and but here's how you can tweak and tweak and make it your own. That's the most powerful thing you can do. And then, you know, obviously I go into, I go into things where like how I've used it for other things in my life, you know, childhood stuff and, and abuse and those kind of things to overcome that, you know, you'd start with this foundation, you can pretty much overcome anything. Sure. 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 Because it's such a, it it really is the foundation for us as human beings, you know, love. Yeah. And then God is love. That's been said, right? Yeah, that's been said. God, was it Paul? I don't know who said it, but yeah, it's been said in pretty much by every culture, every religion, you know? Yeah. 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 So giving yourself love is giving yourself God. It's giving, I mean, we could go on and on when it comes to meditation, which so the second, so the first piece is the mental loop. Um, and I love that you said the nuances because that for me in any book, right? It's not, not the concept that it's like, I need to, I need to hear the story of how you got to, Oh, I need to understand then how did you implement it when it, you, you felt like it wasn't work. Oh, right. Yeah. That me That's what makes it effective. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the second is the meditation. And I love the meditation you teach in the book because I think it's probably personal preference, but I prefer a meditation that's centered around a focused thought or an intention or a feeling rather than just an indifferent focus on breath or mantra, right? Like I yeah. actually love to choose. I want to feel more confident. I want to love myself. I want it, whatever it is. And so you teach this simple meditation. now. You meditate for eight minutes a day because you have a piece of music that you love. It makes you feel good. It's an anchor. So each time you meditate, you listen to that piece of music and the music happens to be eight minutes long. I have two questions about it. Mm-hmm. Number one, why listen to music? Why is that effective for you? And can you share the love here and tell us which piece of music you listen to so that we can... Yeah, yeah. the music thing was actually interesting. It was, it was more as a, a, a hack because, you know, when I started, I, I'm lazy. I don't want to meditate for an hour or two hours, you know, just I, I don't want to do it. Yeah, so I, was, I was just meditating for little periods and I realized if I start listening to the same piece of music uh, every time, the mind actually creates anchors, right? Yeah. And so if I take a piece of music that naturally I feel good about, and I've changed it over the years, you know, I change it at times, you know, I'll find new pieces of music. And so now I listen to a piece of music. And so what happens if I've been doing it regularly, the mind just naturally goes into that meditative state. It knows what's coming. It's very Pavlovian, you know, very, very, for complicated creatures, we're actually very simple creatures. Yeah. Fundamentally. And, you, and, and also it's like, it knows it, this, okay, it's time to do this. Okay, calm down. It's time to, and then I just do basically what I discovered the mental loop. But now I'm doing with the meditation to that piece of music for a very focused time. And that piece of music, I think the original one was like seven minutes long, so my meditation was seven minutes long. If the piece of music had been five minutes long, my meditation would have been five minutes long. You yeah. know, I don't even think the length of time that matters. What matters is that you being in it. And most of the time, your mind wanders anyway, but eventually that piece of music, you, your mind starts to realize, hey, it's coming to an end, time to get back to work, mm-hmm. you know, and it'll just shift back to that state. It's very funny. Yeah, I love, I, I mean, I, I'm a huge believer in the power of, of anchors and I love the Pavlovian 
uh, response you know, that you talked about because that that makes that's so true, right? As soon as the music plays, you're like your body's like, oh, time to relax, time to love ourselves, time to get in this meditative state. That's beautiful. So talk- yeah, all of these are hacks, man. All these these are hacks I've done for myself. You know, out of personal laziness or trying to save myself. Yeah, it's so funny. You and I, yeah, we we have we have way too much in common. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, or or uh, or just the right amount. But uh, so the mirror practice is the, is is the one for most people that you know that there's the resistance, kind of awkward, kind of weird, and uh, the looking in the mirror, telling yourself you love yourself. Well, talk about you, you mentioned in the book that it's anchoring it to your physical body. You're anchoring self love to your physical body. Talk about that. Why is that important to to do the mirror practice? Because I know that's the one in the book. You're like, look, this is the one you might think to skip. Yeah, it's arguably it's the most the- powerful one. Usually when I stop doing it for a while, it's the one I have the hardest time coming back to. It's funny. It's the one that we resist the most because we all have our own insecurities when we look at ourselves, no matter yeah. who we are, right? And so what I realized when I was originally coming to practice was once I was doing the mental loop out loud and I was just in the bathroom looking at myself in the mirror and I got really close and started looking at my uh-huh. eyes. And I started looking at my eyes and all of a sudden I was connected by myself in a very deep, personal way. In yeah. a way that was different. It wasn't in my mind. It was actually in my, like almost connecting with my, my, you know, eyes a window to the soul, but like really deep personal physical way. And I did for five minutes and I walked away like zinging. Something shifted. I was like, holy cow, this is a different layer. You know, a lot of this I've been doing mental, but it's also important to connect with the physical. And the eye part was important because rather than look at my nose or this or that or like, oh shit, you know, I have a zit yeah. here or whatever. No, you look in the eyes. You look in the true, the truth of who you are, and you know. For all of us, we see the truth of our truth of like our humanity in our eyes. The mirror practice was arguably the most powerful uh, of, of all the practices, and, and I'll tell you that my one of my variations is I started doing it naked. So I highly recommend this. So I'll usually start like I'll get out of the shower and I'll do it. So that's where it kind of starts. But I had this realization one day when I was doing the practice and I got out of the shower, I was looking in my eyes and I stepped back and I went, I've never loved my body. I've been working out, like busting my ass in the gym for 20 years. And all I've ever thought looking at my body is not good enough. Pecs aren't big enough. Mm. Abs aren't chiseled enough. I thought, what the what in the hell have I been doing for 20 years? Like this was a profound, you know, realization. Yeah. Yeah. And I went, dude, I love my body. And I, yeah. And I just started, I I added that, right. I love my body. I love my body. I love, you know, and I'm, I'm having gone through chemotherapy, like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm skin and bones. I'm not exactly at my best, you know, most, you know, appealing physique, I would say. I just started loving it unconditionally, right? Loving it unconditionally. And so, um, yeah, the mere practice, um, both right in my eyes, which I was doing last night, um, and then uh, I encourage anybody to, to take your clothes off and do this one. <laughs> I love it. I'm actually, I'm going to do that. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love it when I learn from another how to improve my own practice. Yeah, go love your body. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then... And then I, I, we, I feel like we saved the best for last because the fourth one, this is my favorite practice. This, this, in fact, I don't think this was in the original book. And if it was, I forgot it. The question, was that in the original? It was, but there's variations on it and how, to, how I do it. And the, there's more depth in it in the newer one. Okay. Well, regardless, the, you know, I'm a big believer in the power of our, you know, questions to shift our focus, our emotional state, our quality of life, if you will. And, uh, and so there were two versions in the book that, that you know, gave a few, but these ones I really liked. It was, if I truly, if I loved myself truly and deeply, 
would I let myself experience this? And I've been going through anxiety and depression the last few months. And the answer, of course, is no. You know, and then the next question that I followed up with that you give in the book is if I loved myself truly and deeply, what would I do? And it's such a beautiful question. It's such a, you know, it's just practical. It's practical. The answer comes. And and here's the thing. It's literally the secret to success, you could say, because when you do understand the nuances that you talk about in the book and how to use that question and where to apply it and when to apply it and all of these things, right? You, you, you realize that the answer to that question is always the thing you should do. Yeah. And the, the, the key of these questions is the starting with the if, because it's an if question. So there's no, you know, well, I'm not loving myself, so I'm not going to, you know, it's not like because I love myself, I will do this as if, and then, you know, the answer, then it's up to you to choose to make the choice. And then even if you don't make that right choice, quote unquote, right choice, it's a conscious choice. Yeah. And if you start out like this morning, I wasn't feeling, I woke up really early. I couldn't, wasn't feeling well. And I had a little bit of time and I thought I, I should go to the gym, but I really didn't want to. And I literally asked myself this question and I got up and I got ready. I went to the gym. Yeah. If I love myself truly, what would I do? I would get my ass to the gym. And so, you know, if I hadn't asked myself this question, I would have just like mentally talked myself out of it. Yeah. I like that. I can tell you this morning, I used the question. I, um, I had some anxiety this morning and, uh, which it's been going well the last couple of weeks. Then I just, I woke up at two forty two AM this morning with my body flooded with adrenaline wired and could not go back to sleep. So it's been a long day already, but, uh, but so I had anxiety and I thought about, uh, you know, I've got prescription, I've never taken it, but I've got a prescription for Xanax. And I thought about taking it today. I thought maybe it's the first day. I'll take. I'll take it. I, you know, I've got. I've got. I want to. You know, relax. Talk to Kamal. I've got fewer more conversations and interviews today. And I asked myself, if I loved myself, what would I do? And the answer was, I would face this head on without a band aid of a prescription, uh, and I would figure out how to address my anxiety and handle it for my own benefit and the benefit of every person that is out there suffering from anxiety. Yeah. And so I didn't take it. So I would have been probably much more. Dude, I'm. I'm genuinely impressed. I'm genuinely impressed. You know, one thing I would recommend, yeah. something I also have in the book is the concept of 10 breaths. Yeah. This may seem like a lot, but what I do is throughout the day, especially if I'm having a hard time with anything emotionally and the mind is, mind is a monkey, we know that, right? Yeah. I just stop and I take 10 deep, deep and purposeful breaths. And with each breath, I'm like, feel bringing love for myself and feel loving myself and then releasing whatever needs to go. Just 10 breaths. Right, it's maybe like because they're deep in purpose, so maybe it takes me fifteen seconds. Yeah. And I tell you, it shifts you. Yeah, it just shifts you. Just ten breaths throughout the day doing this, and it just shifts you whenever you're having a hard moment. And we can, you know, I can do that while talking to someone. Well, usually not talking to someone, while listening to someone in a meeting, walking. It doesn't matter. Just ten breaths. Yeah, you know, it's really um, simple, practical, and really, I think anyone listening should just start doing it. I've been using all of, all of your practices that you teach in the book. You know, every day. So. Well, come on, I could talk to you for hours, but I know. Yeah, we could. This is great. Other really but, uh, I'm learning. Yeah. yeah. You know? Well, as, I'm re- as, I was, as I was prepping for the, uh, our conversation today, I actually felt really unprepared because I'm going through the book and I'm like, there's, there's like a million things I want to ask him. I'm like, there's so much wisdom in this book. I, I don't even know. So I just like, all right, we'll just, we'll just try to unscript the conversation and, and see where it goes. And I'm, uh, I'm grateful that we did. I want to ask you uh, kind of last question here. Mm-hmm famous last words, but you talk a lot in the book about magic, right? Yeah. And 
And for me, the yeah. word would be miracles. But, but uh, you talk about magic and specifically that the magic that results from your own experience, from loving yourself, from the practices that, you, that we touched on today that you, you go into in the book, what does that mean? Yeah, yeah, and, that's a and great question. And for, and one, there's a second part of the question. Uh-huh. And for people listening, if they read your book, if they learn how to put this into practice in their life, what's, what, what's the magic that they can experience? Or I'm sorry, expect. Yeah, yeah, it's actually, that's a great question. And, and fundamentally, it's this. Something I experienced I didn't expect was that as I started to love myself, my life just started to work. Like things just started to work. Things that I was struggling with just started to work. And I'm talking about external things I don't have control over. Mm. So I, I've come to believe that there's more to life than, you know, than just our physical selves walking around. I think we're part, we're part of something bigger. Yeah. Right? Connected to something bigger, whatever it is. You know, all the mystics say there's nothing but consciousness. We're all just consciousness. And that is all it is. Uh, but whatever it is, I know that your inside affects your outside. It just does. When you shift your state uh, consistently, you, you start to notice that. And I also get a lot of readers reply, you know, even as like, yeah, now I get it. I'm experiencing magic. Mm. And the reason why I use the word magic was because I didn't want to get specific like, well, this happened and that happened. And then people start to think, well, only that or that counts, right? Yeah. Everyone's details are different on the outside. But you'll just notice that things just start to work better when you love yourself on the inside. It's that simple. And that, I consider that magic. Yeah. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I'm, I'm living proof of it. Kamal, it is, I've been looking forward to this for weeks and uh, I'm so grateful that we uh, got to talk today. True pleasure, man. True pleasure. And yeah. call me anytime. I will. I will. That's uh, a benefit uh, that I'm, I'm grateful that I, that I have and that thank you for extending that offer. Well, Goal Achievers, thank you for tuning in today. This is your first glimpse at what matters most, right? It's to love yourself like your life depends on it because ultimately it does. And, you know, I think that what we really all want more than anything else is love. And in Kamal here teaches us uh, how to give that to yourself and, and not be dependent on anything, anyone, any accomplishment for you to love yourself. Just start there. And I think that we're reminded of that, of how important love is uh, at birth and at death. Mm. And I think we forget it in between in this thing that we call life. And so uh, I hope uh, if you have not read uh, Kamal's book that you will go to Amazon or where books are sold, pick up a copy. Like I said, this has been, it's one of the most impactful books I have ever read. And uh, I've read it uh, essentially twice now. So, uh, (laughs) well, Goal Achievers, I love you. Uh, I hope you love yourself. And uh, I'll look forward to talking to you all next week. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the Achieve Your Goals podcast and to get access to today's show notes, transcript, and exclusive content from Hal Elrod, visit halelrod.com forward slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Achieve Your Goals podcast. 